Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast for the week of January 27th. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm, and with me, as always, Filter. How's it going, man? You know, it is uh, going, man. Doing this show a little bit later in the afternoon than we uh, usually yeah. do. Um, but it's been a good morning. I've had time to do things that I usually don't do on a uh, Sunday morning because we're shooting the show. Um, of course, thank you, everyone, for joining us live today um, for the show. Even though it was a bit later, and we didn't really advertise that. Right. Cool. Um, so, with that, we're going to go ahead and... This week is going to be a little bit different. Next week, we do have something going on. Um, I know you have a global game jam right, right now. Yeah, I'm right? real excited to uh, get into that. And just kind of... It's always cool to, like, go in and you don't have, like, a specific team. You don't have a specific idea. You just kind of wait and see, like, what the theme is and everything, and then... See if you can build up a team. See what you end up making. Sometimes you can make something alone. Like I've done in the past, where I made like a twine game, uh, just a little like you know simple story game. So uh, always excited to you know see. And how do you how do you specifically uh, contribute usually? Yeah. So um, in the past, I've done uh, some like simple programming. So like helping set up menu, like you know start menus and things like that. I've helped set up like the save system and how to you know, how you recover the save file, basically. And um, mm -hmm. I've done definitely, like, uh, design and, like, uh, you know, production as far as, like, a leadership role of, like, divvying up tasks, figuring out what needs to be done, um, you know, okay. keeping people aligned, I guess. So, so yeah, like a management. Um, yeah, kind of. You know, like management. Yeah, management and, like, uh, like, my way I always want to describe my role is, like, I'm, like, a facilitator. Like, if somebody's like, hey, I'm figuring out how to get, you know, this certain enemy to spawn correctly, I'll be like, okay, while you do that, I'll go program something really simple. So you never have to worry about it. You know, like, I'm not, I'm okay. not a programmer to a level of, like, I'm not going to be out here, like, programming enemy AI or anything like that. Um, I'm like, a very low level scripting is pretty much all I can handle. But I can handle, you know, clickable buttons and... Um, you know, making the credits screen roll properly and things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, things that you that like you can there's divvy up the tasks, right. make sure people are on track. But then, hey, I can do this little shit, so you don't. And I make sure that like the right talent is applied to the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, right. um, like I can help with really simple art, like UI, like you know, again, like clickable button art. And then I'm like, yeah. okay, I need somebody that actually knows what they're doing to create, like, health bars and, you know, screen icons and shit like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, that, my, my main thing is that I just like to get people that know what they're doing and let them do it, you know? <laughs> and just get the annoying shit out of their way. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that should be good. So next week, we're not going to have our standard show. We're going to try to cover two weeks this week. Um, and then next week, we'll have an off week. And we'll catch up with all of the news the week after um, that happened to be missed. Uh, for you guys that are, um, you know, rely on us for a lot of news and our voice, um, that's not going to change. You can still, of course, head over to uh, facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games, Inc. Uh, hang out with us on the daily, chat with us about games and the like. Um, and also, of course, Twitter. You can follow us over there at Mammoth Games, Inc. Um, where we're sharing some other stuff. Um, if Twitter's your... Uh, you know social media of preference uh we appreciate that you know going over there and 
um, giving us that follow and uh, keeping up with us. For sure. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into it. What have you been up to? Yeah, so I have been using my, you know, quiet January, as everybody knows, to just basically catch up on stuff. Um, and I caught right up to the end of Death Stranding. So I've, I've, uh, I've, I'm doing a little bit of background research, but I am 99% confident I have seen everything that Death Stranding has on offer. So it does like put you back okay. in the game. It does a thing where after you beat it, it's like, um, congratulations. Now walk the other. Yeah, way. it's like okay. So um, two weeks ago, and then it just like it, it literally puts you in and it says, uh, "Hey, you may be interested in completing some of these other missions." So it's like you know, it, just in case you want to build things out more. I, I'm definitely not into the post game stuff. You know, I mostly play for story. So yeah, um, just gonna kind of wait and see. Uh, you know, see if they ever. I, I don't think there's going to be DLC or anything, but I could. They they pretty much wrap it up. Yeah, he I'm really happy. He doesn't seem like a DLC guy. Yeah, I'm really happy with how they wrap it up. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's still one that I that I need to go back to. Like I know I need to go back to, and I just I, I just have it. Yeah. So, um, but that's pretty much what you spent this uh, whole last week wrapping up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, for me, uh, just moving right along, I, I haven't been playing anything different. Um, of course, been playing um, Dragon Ball, continuing on that. Um, you know, I got through, uh, played uh, through the whole Raditz thing, played through the whole Vegeta thing, um, and I'm currently on my way to Namek. Nice. Um, so, this game, I, I felt like when I first played it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Graphically, it looks really good. Um, you know, it has a ton going on uh, in in the world, but in reality, it, it doesn't have a ton going on. Yeah, um, it has very little going on. You're basically collecting orbs to level up. Um, but as of right now, I have like seven thousand plus of each orb that you can collect, mm -hmm. and I have yet to be able to level up anything for a while. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping once I get to Namek, um. I'll be able to unlock a few things that are still kind of locked out to me, mm -hmm. but getting to that point is a little bit of a grind. Um, yeah. It just it, it doesn't feel doesn't feel great, and it was something we we're talking about earlier in the show that you know some of these like Japanese games they're very um, well first they're very rigid, mm -hmm. and then on top of that it's like they're stuck in PlayStation Two era. Yeah, this looks like a PlayStation Four game. You know, with the shading and the dynamic lighting and things like right. that. Like, you can see that, but it feels and plays kind of PS2-like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's that's a bummer. There's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, somebody made, like, a, you know, Dragon Ball Z or what have you, like a Final Fantasy game in, like, 2001, and it was a big hit, so they were like, okay, that's what we're going to do forever. Yeah, uh, yeah, why would we mess Right, and it's like, yeah, it's not I, I don't know if that's the right um goal you know what i mean like i i like when somebody makes a game that's kind of weird and kind of like i don't really know what they were going for so like yeah, death stranding take, for instance death, de take death stranding yeah like it's not like one of the things that i just absolutely hate about this game is um the flight controls mm -hmm. so i get it it makes sense um you know if you're flying like a plane or something you press forward 
you know, you press up, I guess, if you're looking at it from the top right. on the stick. You dive down, you pull back, you go up. All that makes sense. But guess what? We're not using a stick to fly. We're using the R1 and R2 button. Mm-hmm. If you press R2, your character does a dive bomb right into the ground. If you press R1, cool. your character pulls up, which makes sense for a stick. Again, it's not a stick. Right. It's buttons. So you press the top button expecting your character to go up, and he just slams down into the earth. Yeah. And it's like something that's already been a pain in the ass to try to get over. Um, so, you know, that's <laughs> kind of crappy. The controls aren't that great. The flying is very typical. Um, it is a little expansive. Around, like, the Kame House, it's, of course, surrounded by water. Yep. You can go completely underwater. That's cool. It's completely flushed out. Now, is there a lot of stuff down there? No. Mm. Uh, but there are some things down there that you can find. Like, you can find some, like, sunken ships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Um, the combat's pretty expected. Uh, you know, like, oh, here comes the attack. He's readying, you know, block, parry. Now you're behind him. Heavy attack. You know, hit him with a Kamehameha. Nice. Um, but to make enemies harder, they don't make them like be able to block better. You don't have to have a different technique. Um, they just give them more health bars. Mm-hmm. That makes enemies harder, I guess, these days. Um, Interesting. But ultimately, it's not doing anything wrong. It's doing everything that you expect it to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's pretty fun. I played it a bit yesterday. Um, it's cool to fly around into the big, you know, around the, in the big like land masses, and you know, check out the different areas and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I, I recommend it for me. Ultimately, where I'm at now, if I had rated it early, I probably would have said, yeah, this game's a good solid like eight, maybe an eight and a half, mm-hmm. like eight point five. Um, now I'm like, this game's like a solid seven. Okay. Um, so. Uh, I don't know, maybe it'll be different the more I play it. Like, maybe getting into the different sagas, but knowing that the game mechanics are not going to change, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll probably end up sticking with that, like, rating of 7. Yeah. Um, I do think it is kind of important. That's something that more places should do. I feel like they should rate... Um, they, they should rate their, uh, like, games that they're playing, not at the end, but they should rate it at the beginning, middle, and end. And then maybe give it a like an average score mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, that's interesting. Because you feel different. You do feel different playing this when you're excited and you pick it up for the first time, rather than um, you know when you're done with the game. How do you feel about it? You know, that's definitely true. You, you generally feel different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say you know if you're excited for Dragon Ball and you like Dragon Ball, you're gonna love this game. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have fun with it just because it's not rewriting a book. It's literally telling you the story that you know and then you get to experience it and live and they have like intermissions where you can go and there's like little side quests and you get to like outfit your party with whatever character you want Mm -hmm. um and uh and you know aside from that the rpg mechanics are kind of lacking but i do like that you can set up different relationships yeah like if you put um, Gohan next to Goku, father and son team. But then if you move uh, Gohan over to be into the like cooking branch uh, with uh, his mom, mm-hmm. there you got the mother and son. Team. That's cool. And it, yeah, it gives you different you know different stats in, in that regard. And they have some pretty elaborate ones where you have to have like four people all connected mm-hmm. on this little graph. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll have a. I'll probably continue to play this one. Um, and we'll have 
a little bit more to say about it. Um, aside from that, uh, just continuing to play Apex, we have some news about um, some cool Apex stuff. They're coming, uh, I think we're a week? Uh, less than a week? No, probably about a week away um, from entering Season 4. Season 4 uh, for Apex is going to be starting, I think, on the 3rd or the 4th? I think it's probably the 4th. Okay. Um, so we're just over a week uh, away from that. By the time you guys hear this, yeah, it'll still be like a week and a day away. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're wrapping up their uh, Grand Soiree event right now. You are able to do the King's Canyon after dark. Uh, they added a bunch of scopes that have uh, that are able to read heat signature, mm-hmm. which is incredibly useful at night when you can't see people. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. They have a really long-range uh, legendary scope that they drop frequently as well. A uh, short-range one that can go in, like, you know, different, um, like, rapid-fire weapons or, uh, you know. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, nothing too fancy about it. No other, like, random modes. It's just the same place that you played before, but now it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been fun, just trying to wrap that up. Uh Ultimately, I don't think I... I think I came in maybe a, like a week or two too late to be okay. able to uh, finish up the entire season. Um, as well, I split part of my time on PS4 and part of it on uh, PC. So I got over half... I got well over halfway on PS... Uh, or um, PC, and then I only got about halfway on um, PS4. Mm-hmm. So um, not complete in either one, but... It was still really good, um, and you know I earned a decent amount of that um, currency back. Nice. But we'll have a little bit more. What's up next for the, uh, Apex here in a bit? Um, but we can go ahead and jump into the games releasing before that. Uh, but again, if you guys get the chance, head over to Facebook.com/backslashmanofgamesinc. Check out all the top news and video game stuff. We appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares over there. As well, follow us on Twitter so you know we go live and do stuff just like this. Sharing some different stuff over there, so uh, you know definitely uh, stay up to stay up to date on all of that. Um, but we'll go into the games releasing. These are the games releasing from January twenty seventh to February 9th. Um, where we have, uh, so we are covering two weeks here, like we were saying. Um, right. So uh, Tuesday the 28th houses three games, uh, the first of which uh, from Typhoon Studios for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, Journey to the Savage Planet. Yeah, so um, I know the main, like this is sort of a, I guess the goal was to be a, a much more constricted um, No Man's Sky, basically. Like, you're going to a weird planet, there's weird creatures on it, mm-hmm. but it's all, it's a, uh, you know, crafted experience rather than something where, you know, the game just kind of comes up with whatever it wants. Right, right. Um, it's doing some real goofy stuff, it feels... It, yeah, there's it's, a lot it's, of humor in it. Yeah, it's very, like, quirky. Even the way the character runs, I'm like, <laughs> like damn it. Um, yeah. But the world is, it looks really well-crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has some interesting. It's not just going with like, oh, hey, that thing is just like a deer with like weird antlers. No, it's got like fully different. Like it has like a creature who is the majority of the creature is eyeballs with a baby beak on its nose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like 
another one that like rolls around some of them look like tadpoles that kind of like wiggle their way through the air um the creatures remind me of stranger's wrath oddworld stranger's wrath yeah yeah so uh it, it does a pretty good job um go check that one out for sure if there was um you know if there was one game yeah he agrees he's like yeah go, check out, go, go check out journey to the savage planet um, if there was one game on this list, uh, you're still going. Um, that I would say, like, hey, this is new, this is different. Like, go check that out. It would probably be this one. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, definitely. Um, it sort of is giving me vibes of uh, was it Outer Wilds? Um, yeah. Yeah. Seems like it's kind of going for the same kind of quirky. It's going in a different direction where Outer Wilds was going very like twee, and this is going very like. Um, Almost like Mad Magazine or something. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It has like it, it's weird. It's like Outer Wilds and Outer Worlds uh-huh. together. And this is the midpoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so, funny how there was like nine games that all came out that were the same thing. Yeah, I think you have the same gun the majority of the time, and then you get little like extras that you can put in your hand to do yeah. things. Um, so it's it's very very quirky. Uh, yep. So again, yeah, that one coming out on uh, Tuesday. Uh, Jan- uh, yeah, January 28th. Uh, same day, um, we're going to be looking at the release of Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition for basically your main consoles, PS4, Xbox, Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming from Annapurna. Um, so Kentucky Route Zero has kind of been like a long-running uh, known quantity, I guess. And um, it's, it's like a mysterious um, story-based... Uh, thing <laughs> I don't know it's very um, it's got weird a lot of weirdness a lot of creepiness to it yeah it's and, very uh, like low low um, like low poly right or not low poly it's just very like limited texturing it's like mm-hmm. everything's kind of a solid color um, it you can kind of see the edges on things it's pretty yeah. crude um, but that doesn't mean that things can't be well done that are like that at all i mean right and these guys were better um this was originally i think the first one of these was let me do some research here route zero um the game's been coming out in various different episodes and stuff for a while uh the original okay so act one was in 2013 okay um so the game is going to wrap up and uh, this is basically Act Five uh, is going to be in this, you know, the TV edition here. So, um, I, it's it's a uh, got a lot of interesting stuff. I guess it was originally a Kickstarter. Um, the goal was six thousand five hundred dollars. Wow, <laughs> that cannot be right. I don't know. Uh, it could be. Who knows? Apparently, the game was three people. That's pretty amazing. Um. Yeah, so you are a uh, truck driver who works as a delivery man for an antique shop owned by a woman named Lizette. Uh, you're hired to make a delivery to Five Dogwood Drive. Uh, you travel the roads of Kentucky to locate the address, address accompanied by your dog. After searching around, uh, he elaborates that he is lost and stops by an old pitch black gas station. Um. So the game kind of just goes weird ways from there, so... Um, that's really cool. 
Yeah, they say it's heavily inspired by Davis, David Lynch. I can definitely see that. Not Stephen Lynch. They're different Not people. Stephen Lynch. We looked guy. it up earlier. Folks. But yeah, this is all part of the same story that's been coming out, uh, obviously, since uh, January of 2013. So it's been a while. Um, it's very cool. Nice. All right. Uh, well, up next, coming out same day, uh, Tuesday, January 28th, for PC, uh, from Blizzard, World of Warcraft 3 Reforged. How are you feeling about this one? Uh, it's one of those things that I'm really... This is like kind of a tough one if, if I want to pick it up or not. Mm-hmm. Because I've tried some of the other... Like I played the uh, original StarCraft uh, HD up-res or whatever. They were um, pretty rough. I, it's I it's rough. I, I played. I also uh, played uh, the Warcraft 2, uh, whatever that remake or remodel or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was like insanely rough. I was like, dude, I do not remember these games being like this. Was it? Okay, so... In, in it's just regard, like, it's it it's so nice. difficult to play. Like, yeah. um, I mean, RTSs have always been sort of archaic, but the fact that, like, StarCraft Two exists makes it really hard to go play this old shit. So, like, Warcraft Three was, like, very important to the games industry. Um, we got a lot of, like, new genres. So, like, Tower Defense was created in World... Uh, uh, in the Warcraft and starcraft like the battle.net yeah so like um you know games like uh, dota 2 and league of legends were created in warcraft 3 so like there's some really important historical shit going on here yeah, yeah and like especially of all of them to consider warcraft 3 is like the most as far as that goes mm-hmm. so like i i do want to check it out this is not just an HD res. They have changed things in the game as well. So I kind of want to check it out for that reason too. Yeah, I mean... It but seems... at the same time, like, I've been burned on this in the past, so I don't know. Yeah, it, it really can go either way. Um, mm-hmm. It just depends on how big of a fan you are and how much you still are interested in the the original version of these games. I mean, right. playing the original version than playing these, uh, the idea is it feels better. But it's hard telling them if, you know, if you're going to get that. If that's going right. to be possible. Right. I mean, it's definitely, like, something I'm interested in, but just don't know. For sure. And speaking of something I'm interested in and just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got another uh, game out called... Uh, this is on Thursday the 30th. So all, all three of those previous ones were uh, Tuesday the 28th. So this is Thursday the 30th, Through the Darkest of Times, uh, coming from, amazing name, Handy Games. It said Paint Bucket Games on the trailer, but... Uh, I think they're uh, helping with it. Yeah. Well, it's THQ Nordic, so they may have changed their name. Yeah, of course. They they own everyone anyway, so it's like, they probably... yeah. Um, so what's going on with this one? I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to look this up. I can kind so of... it's similar to um, what was the uh, fucking the game in uh, Warsaw, the game about oh, the yeah. Polish uprising. That's yeah. basically a um, I don't know. It's kind of like a Dark Souls, but set in the Polish uprising in uh, World War Two. So through the darkest of times is I believe you are in. Um, yeah, you're a resistance group in 
Germany in the Third Reich. Uh, so Handy Games is the publisher. Yeah, Paint Bucket Games is the creator. Okay. Which is now part of uh, THQ Nordic. Or the new THQ. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's going to be very, like, story-focused. It's going to be emotional. You know, it's probably going to be a tough one to see. Um, it's, uh, it's also the first video game in Germany that will be allowed to show the swastika. Wow. That's big. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, obviously it's used to, for historical purposes and they allow that, but like Germany is like deathly afraid of that happening again, basically. So, um, they're like, you absolutely cannot make. You, you can't glorify Nazis in any way. Like, they do not allow the release of TV shows where, like, the Nazis won. And then now it's, like, an alternate history. Like, yeah. they consider that glorification. Because they're like, the, the Nazis never could have won. They had to be defeated. So yeah. it's um, it's really interesting. Um, so I'm, just, I'm looking at this uh, Polygon article. I'll drop it in our little section over here if you want to grab that. But um, basically it's, uh, like... Um, as the player, um, you're, like, very weak. Uh, you really don't have... It's basically all just narrative. Um, you take the role of a person who is unhappy about the Nazis. You have various statistical abilities. Um, you know, you have the ability to spread propaganda, evade Gestapo. Um, you get a small group of volunteers. Uh, you, like, do graffiti. You infiltrate universities, blah, blah, blah. Uh but you do have permadeath. So like, Oh damn. Um, so you'll send some of your guys to go do something. If they get caught, they're out forever. If you personally get caught, your game ends. So, um, it's super interesting. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where there's a, you know, the question of like, okay, how did it happen that a bunch of German citizens just allowed the Nazis to take over? And it's yeah. like, you only need 51% of voters and you win, right? Right. Uh, of voters, not 50% of people. So again, in the U.S., like 50 to 60%, maybe 40% on bad elections of people vote for anything, right? Right, right, right. Um, local elections tend to be much fewer. So the president is decided by like 20% of people. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, these big elections that are like, you know, super important i think you know the president should be less important based on you know what the constitution says but you know we, we live in reality so it's like the, the president is a super important person to vote for and like you know 40 to 50 percent of people decide to turn up and vote so 20 25 percent that's all you need so you know when you when you think about that it's like especially with all of the extremely high level propaganda that the Nazis were doing it was sort of inevitable right like it was sort of inevitable that somebody would come along and like cheat the system and that's true of everywhere right in every country sure. and sometimes people cheat the system and their goal is to like give people health care <laughs> you know what I mean or you know sometimes it's not so bad but you know this democracy is vulnerable to this kind of thing so it's like a lot of people weren't happy about the Nazis. And I would say the majority of people were probably not happy, even in Germany when they were being directly benefited, right? Right. But 
you can't just sit in your house and have like a frown and thumbs down at your TV. Like, you know, these people put their lives on the line to go out and do very little things in comparison to spray paint that says, you know, uh, the fatherland can eat my ass or something like you would be killed if you did that. Or, you know, if you were publicly found out to be Jewish, like that's a life sentence. Uh, and sometimes right. it's a death sentence, you know? A lot of times it was a death sentence. If you were found out that you were gay. You didn't have to be publicly out, you know? So, um, so they, they kind of talk about how the game has a very downbeat vibe that's kind of like this war of mine. Great game. I definitely recommend that to people. Mm-hmm. As well as the moral complexity of Papers, Please, and there in that there are no easy choices, only difficult ones. Um... So it's it's super interesting. I really like this stuff. I there was a kind of a weakness to um, Warsaw was just like too difficult to play. Like they took the um, Darkest Dungeon formula and went even harder with it. Right. Right. Like they were like, let's just make this impossible because in real life it was basically impossible. Right. Which is like okay, that's cool, but I'm not. I don't. You know, it's that doesn't make it an enjoyable experience. Whereas something like Papers, Please or This War of Mine is really engaging mm-hmm. and still very difficult, right? So it's you know maybe maybe emotionally difficult rather than you know physically like getting the buttons to click right or whatever. But, right, right. Um, so I'm super excited for this one. Uh, that might be the wrong word, <laughs> but you know it's something that I, I definitely want to play. I want to get my hands on. I'm really into that idea. I really like moral quandaries and games i guess mm-hmm. um so you know I'm, I'm definitely gonna be picking this up probably day one we'll see how it goes nice um but i'm definitely gonna be playing it all right uh coming out tuesday february 4th um the dark crystal uh well for ps4 xbox one switch and pc from bonus xp nice dark crystal age of resistance tactics um I believe we just got a Dark Crystal Age of Resistance regular game, right? Pretty recent. Um, I don't know. I think this is that. I think the Dark Crystal game is this one, and it got delayed. It might have. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I thought there was a regular one. Um, but either way, um, this one coming out here on the 4th... Uh, to me looks like it would be really really good for the switch um but you lead a uh redis- resistance against their oppressive overlords um it, it is a uh turn-based tactics rpg uh with mm-hmm. more than 50 unique battles um along the way you'll recruit and customize new allies by assigning them jobs of course modifying their abilities and outfitting them with equipment to ensure victory 14 playable characters uh, with familiar faces from the classic film and new Netflix original series, um, so it's uh, it, it's looking pretty cool if you're into that tactics uh, style game, um, and a lot of people still are, you know, super into like the Dark Crystal and things like that. So yeah, Dark Crystal had like a weirdly powerful, like, very um, powerful following fan base. Yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I know some people who are going to be into this day one. Um, I mean, it, it pulls in an interesting group of people here. It pulls in the Tactics fans. It pulls in the Dark Crystal fans. pulls in just Jim Henson fans. Right. 
it's it's cool it's cool pulls in um, crystal healing witches and shit i don't know i never actually <laughs> this wasn't my big i was not a big uh fan of this it's cool like uh definitely i liked um um what was the other one labyrinth oh okay labyrinth was dope yeah no i see i never really got into either one of those um so it's kind of tough for me to be like oh this is amazing i'm more Mm -hmm. interested in the turn-based style just because i definitely want to see uh another final fantasy tactics yeah (laughs) if i don't see one soon i'm gonna make it and then I'm gonna get mad soon. And it's gonna be real bad, guys. So because it's gonna be real, it's gonna be really shitty. Really great at that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we out here trying. You know how that be. That's how you got to do. Sometimes. Um, and then the last game that we have on the old list here, uh, which I imagine you'll have something to say about, uh, coming out for PS4 from uh, Jesus. Is it? Is it just? Is it Psy Games? Psy Games, I think. Psy. Uh, we have Grand Blue Fantasy versus. Yep, looks terrible. <laughs> looks. I'm here to talk shit, folks. All right, so buckle up. Um, I've never God jumped into it. a Grand Blue Fantasy. I have no idea what this is about. Uh, no. Uh, was Grand Blue one of the ones where there was like the giant person looking in the window? Oh, that was funny though. <laughs> no, I remember that. Someone go back to episode thirty-six. You know what I'm talking about. That. Because we um, grilled that shit. That was fun. Grim yeah, was it's just, I don't get the appeal, I guess. If you've been playing these for like 30 years, like Final Fantasy or something, I guess that's fine. It's just like an old thing that you like. Sure. But uh, it's just like, it doesn't look particularly good. I don't really like what it's doing. The combat's weird. I don't get it. Just all in all, I just have no clue what they're doing. So, okay. yeah, it's not for I, me. I don't know. Um... I think they've done a lot with this series. I, 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 and I just think it's so deep that we can't like understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, because we didn't do it. Like the art style I'm seeing here, it looks cool, looks fun. Um, yeah. You know, if this was a, if they were like, hey, this is gonna be, you know, this art style is the concept art for the new Final Fantasy, I'd be excited. I'd be all right with that. I mean, the, yeah, the the concept art. I don't like how the art actually looks in game. Like I don't even mind that, but I don't think, I don't think they'd ever end up going that route for a Final Fantasy. I just don't see that. They Make it be, more like it looks hand drawn. Yeah, is the problem. Um, but and you know that can be hand drawn can of course look amazing, but it just looks. Yeah. I don't know. This is more of a fighting game. Um, it obviously versus uh, lends to that with uh, characters from the Grand Blue World. Um, I, I can't say too much more about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's not for me. Grim, let me know how it goes. <laughs> Grim's gonna be nerd. He, he already has a the early access copy. I know he's not yeah, here with us on the live show. He's gonna end up watching this later, and I'm gonna get like a hundred texts from him. <laughs> so it's fine. We'll just be, we'll just be able to talk crap. I couldn't possibly now. give a shit. We'll talk crap now, and then he'll hit me up probably tomorrow. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much all we had. Uh, you know, the quick recap. Uh, Tuesday, the, uh, January 28th, we have Journey to the Savage Planet, uh, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, and I'm excited Warcraft for that. 3 Reforged. I did confirm that the Kentucky Route Zero on consoles and Switch uh, is all five acts. It's not just the fifth act. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, January 30th, uh, you have Through the Darkest of Times for PC. Nice. February 4th, we have Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. And then February 6th, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Um, if there's anything that we did miss, uh, feel free. Yell at us on Twitter, uh, at mm-hmm. Games Inc. Uh, but we do have one that we did technically miss uh, last yeah. week. So. Well, it's something that we talked about, but we didn't. Again, like... I see. I feel like this happens a lot that we'll mention a game, but then if we if we mention it a week or two weeks ahead of time, we tend to miss the, the actual, actual release of it. Yeah. yeah, and we talked about this on Facebook, and I think we talked about it on the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is is that Tim Tim? It's just Tim Tim. Yeah, Tim Tim. I don't know. Tim But it is a you know more like it's. Pokemon like yeah, it's a Pokemon with more of a like anime influence. I mean, um, when it's actually in um, game, it's just like 3D. Mo- I mean, basically, what they were doing is you know people have been begging for a Pokemon MMO for 600 years, so they were like, well, fuck, let's just make it. Yeah, you know? it's like we can do whatever we want, and they have an interesting style. You know, instead of doing um, you know like housing the creatures and whatever, they kind of become like a card. And they chuck yeah, the so card you're, in the battle. It's almost like a cross point between Pokemon and Digimon, right? Yeah. Because Digimon were like, literally they're just code. That was like, it happened to get like free will or whatever. Kind of Yu-Gi-Oh as well. Um, it's kind of Yu-Gi-Oh as well. So they're just really putting all that shit right up together. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so people have been talking about this shit for a thousand years. We're just going to fucking do it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really cool. It's in early access right now. So it came out in early access on like the 20th or something like that. Uh, 20th sounds right. So 21st maybe. So, so it's a Tuesday. So it's an MMO. So how does that work? Are there other people running around the world the same time you are? Yeah. So there's a second video on there that is the uh, gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. And Describer. I, I was just kind of curious on how, you know, how that works. Is it instance like, hey, you walked into a I, town. Yeah, or, I believe there's like instance um, locations, and then there's like open world locations. And you but can there's team always other people running around. I think. Yeah, you can team up with friends. You can team up with strangers to do certain things. Um, it's definitely got like a like the actual gameplay looks closer to like the you know what you expect to see on the Pokemon on you know in the overworld um kind of like you know kind of chunky 3d models that aren't meant to look realistic or anything yeah yeah this um, has very much uh it's a little cutesier yeah it's not it's not taking itself as seriously graphically yeah as yeah. um you know like pokemon sword and shield also i think it's done some really interesting stuff with like it see i haven't played this yet so keep that in mind but it seems like there's like you mostly communicate with other players via like emoticons so you're not really doing a lot. Like, that's how you avoid the problem of uh, everybody keeps saying racist stuff in chat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you just take the chat away. <laughs> well, I did see chat pop up here. Like okay. a full chat. So, I, so I'm, I'm not, not sure how it really... Maybe you, like, accept a chat request from a player or something. I'm not really sure how they work that. But they are trying to make it, you know, friendly with... Um, make sure you don't, like, expose kids to anything weird, I guess. Because they're obviously going to attract a lot of kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely I'm super interested in trying it out. Um, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. like early early access. So there's still gonna be a lot more before we see 
the final version of this game, I guess. But and for cool, now, I mean, it's really cool. And the cool thing is, um, you know, if you pick it up now, you're going to get it at a heavy discount. You're going to be supporting yep. something that could grow into competition for Pokemon, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't like it a lot, it could still grow into something later that you could be more interested in. Mm-hmm. So, kind of a win-win, uh, you know, I think, if you're into this. Um, yeah. And I, as much as I kind of disliked it originally, I, it's growing on me looking at some of these, like, extra mm-hmm. creatures. Are they just called yeah, Temtems? Are they called yeah, Temtems? They're, they're called Temtems, yeah. I'm not, I know that they get more into it. And you can but, customize um, your own house. Yeah, you get, like, player space. Um, you can customize your look to a pretty extreme extent. Wow. Um, we yeah. were actually just talking about this, how, like, Pokemon used to... Like, in uh, Ruby and Sapphire, I think, they had, like, little personal bases that you could make. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, so they brought that back. I mean, it's basically, like, they took all the good ideas of Pokemon and Digimon, and they were like, okay, you guys obviously aren't doing anything with this, so I'm going to do it. Which is really cool. Which could, in turn, lead Nintendo to going, oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know. And I mean, like, there's definitely something to be said of, like, well, we're just doing something totally different. And, you know, they're not eating our lunch. We're not eating their lunch. Um, we're just going to each do our own thing or whatever. And that's that's great. Because it could also be a really good thing to have, you know, Pokemon just know exactly what it's doing. Yeah. And it just only does that, you know? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so, I, I mean, they can um, even say, like, hey, look, I mean, looking at this from the outside, especially if you're in the lead and you're in Nintendo, you know, Game Freak's case, this yeah. is the dollar store version. You know what I mean? Right. But the dollar it, store version can have some good ideas. It doesn't necessarily hurt your business in any way. There's no reason to be mad about it, right? People aren't going to buy this over Pokemon. I don't see that happening. Probably not, yeah. It's pretty slim chance. Even with the like the like parents these days, kids are like, "Hey, I really want to you know a game like this." The mm-hmm. parents are going to be like, "Oh, that's Pokemon. It's a household name." Right. You know they're going right. to go that route. I played Pokemon when I was a kid. Here's this. Yeah. So and I mean like you know it is something to be said like Pokemon's just been doing the same exact thing since what ninety seven ninety eight. Yeah. So it's like um, to you know it, at the absolute worst case scenario um all this game does is like show renewed commitment that hey it might be a good idea to make maybe not an mmo but something i mean obviously pokemon has already started to go there right with like uh, yeah, the, having... the max raids that you can join in on and you know the wild area we can see other players um they've been implementing little multiplayer features for a long time yeah so... but they're completely held back by their software Right or their uh, hardware, like it. Well, both, yes, both, yes. <laughs> um, it's just it's so restricted they can't do things that like PlayStation right. and Xbox. And they really, and I mean, they you can see pretty clearly that they haven't been updating their engine for you know they've been doing little patches and not big overhauls like they need to probably. Yeah, I want it to be a wake up call to them. Like, hey, you're That'd not invincible. Right. Let's get back on the ball, like. Sword and Shield, and this isn't a dig at Sword and Shield. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Loved every minute of that that I played. And I'll probably right. continue to play that. Um, 100%. But it needs some competition because it's getting stale. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, all that does is, about. you know, all, all it is with competition like this is it gives, they've 
taken ideas from you, you can take ideas from them. It's fine. Right. You know, it's all it is is just a different interpretation of the same thing. So, um, I'll, I might check this out. I've, I've definitely want to listen to some people's feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it seems like a pretty much a win-win as far as I can see. So, yeah, I'm really curious on how the MMO portion of that works, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like what? You yeah. just have like two team, you know, two people team up against two other people, or four people team up against four. I mean, that gets kind of messy. That's a lot of. Yeah, not only that, but, like, you know, one guy goes to take a shit or something, and everybody's sitting there for ten minutes until he comes back. Like, I can see a lot of weirdness, so I I am interested to see how they kind of work around that, but I think they can do it, for sure. It's like, why does Pokemon need that? Aside from running around the world. People want it. Oh, hey. (laughs) Running around the world and, like, oh, hey, I want to battle you. You know? I mean, in some ways... to do, but I'm not really In some ways, um, you know, there's a lot of things that people will say, like... Hey, you know, it'd be dope like a Star Wars MMO, and then they don't do very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's like you you don't actually want that. Are you sure you want? That? Do you even know what <laughs> but you, you know, it's it's cool. I mean, why not? Why not? All right, there's so room for it. Why don't we go ahead and get into the news? Um, we're just looking at last week's, so we'll be off next week, um, yeah. and then the week after that, we'll tack back. We'll do two weeks of news. Probably right, we'll do bigger show. Yeah, the um, opposite: one week of releases and two weeks of news, rather than what we did this time two weeks of releases one week of news obviously right so making sure you guys are caught up for that time that we do have off um yeah so first up we do have another one to throw on to the the heaping bonfire that is the delay list that happened yeah Um, so it turns out there's no games coming out this year they've all been delayed oh yeah like a lot (laughs) of them from the beginning of this year that we thought we were gonna get they're all gone all almost all of them Pretty much, yeah, everybody except for Animal Crossing, and if they fucking delay that shit, I will kill myself and send the video to Sony. (laughs) Sony? Sure, why not, I guess. (laughs) They'll get it to where it needs to go. (laughs) Yeah, they they know how to get it to to (laughs) me. Shit. Uh, Another one of these. Whoops. (laughs) God damn it, why are they sending this to us? I don't get it. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) Like their neighbors or something. That Um, was a little whoopsie-daisy on my part, but, you know, I'll send it to Sony, too. I'll CC them on it. (laughs) Dying Light 2... Um, has been delayed and most people are saying indefinitely it's just because they haven't put a uh, release date on it oh yeah i'm absolutely not surprised by this one because the release date on amazon was still 12 31 2020 which means no release date it means no release date yeah yeah um so they released uh, a pretty lengthy statement over on twitter it made its way across social media i'm just saying you know we're initially aiming for the 2020 release spring uh but uh Unfortunately, we need more time to develop and fulfill our version of the game. Uh, not a bad thing, you know. They yeah. they literally looked at their game and they said, "This is okay. Not we need good to enough. do more. This is yeah. not good enough. It needs to be better." Um, and most people are like, "Oh, I was really excited for that," you know. In a lot of these cases, I kind of commend these people for saying that because yeah, for sure. later this year is going to be fucking bananas and then not only that like you still it's not like you're not gonna get the game at some point they're definitely gonna make the dying light 2 game they're not gonna get Mm -hmm. this far in and then cancel it especially because it's pretty huge for techland i mean the first one did the story was it was it was the whole thing was good there i can't Mm -hmm. really find a fault like it was all fun had easter eggs and it you know it was it was good all the way around but this one has been delayed there's no um date on that i imagine it's going to be pushed until next year i'm thinking probably a full year mm-hmm. background um yeah i don't know um they've yeah they've said like 
you know, we were looking at spring 2020. That was obviously a lie. Um, it, you know, it's one of those things where, like, they say a fake... Um, I don't know. They, you know, they say a fake uh, release window just because it's like you have to have an end time plan. Yeah, you have to make the the suits happy. Like, hey, this is when we're going to have it done. And then if it comes down to it, you have to walk in their office and say, hey, it's not going to be done. Right. There you are. And then you just tell them, okay, now we're looking at fall yeah. 2020 or, you know, spring of 2021 or whatever. I mean, like, it does, you know, it's not really a real estimate in some ways. It's just like something to say. Yeah. So, so um, not super surprising there, but. Of course, this falling on. Uh, you know, that big pile with uh, Marvel's Avengers, Marvel's Iron Man VR, Final Fantasy VII, Cyberpunk. Um, it's it, it's a pretty big list. And most of those games are actually, like, massive. A lot of people, those are probably uh, three of the, three of those four games are some of the bigger games that people were looking forward to mm. at the beginning of this year. Um, and I think one of them is probably... Two of them can be argued to be a lot of people's number one game they were excited for all year. Yeah. So, that's pretty crazy. That was yeah. pretty nuts. Um, but Dying Light, definitely on the back burner for a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people gave it uh, like I a mean, fair enough shake. They played it and then forgot about it. Right. I, I think, you know, honestly, Dying Light 2 is like something I'm super looking forward to. That's kind of like a... I don't want to say it's like a sleeper hit or something, but like they're known for that. Um, it's they definitely are. something. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I'm like, okay, when this comes out, I'm going to be really into it. Like, I just know that it's not like something that I have to. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's yeah. like I just I I have a hundred percent confidence it's going to be good. So yeah, I mean, um, not worried about it. Drop kicking, like I miss running and drop kicking stuff. You know. Yeah, that's uh, that's where it was at. Um, all right, cool. Um, so up next, I did want to cover a little bit what uh, you know what went down with um, Apex Legend. Talking about season four, season four has uh, been announced. They of course announced um, some of the changes they're doing, and you know everything that's new that's coming to it uh, in a dev stream. And one of the most interesting pieces was the new character Forge. Um, Forge is a very muscly individual um and he has a mechanical arm and that arm is was made by a robotics company named uh, i think it's hammond mm -hmm. uh, and if you're a fan of titanfall you know hammond does a lot with titans um so it's quite literally a uh you know a, a point at like hey these are in the same universe titanfall and apex um, this character, uh, Forge, is, um, he's one of the characters in the arena that's actually sponsored, and he's sponsored by Hammond, uh, like, Cybernetics or whatever it is. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they're also changing the way that the, um, they're also changing the way that the ranking system works. Uh, they've always had a ranked, you know, they've always, of course, had their, um, the ranked set of matches where you can go in and you can just play a regular match. You can play a ranked match. You can play an event match, uh, go into training. Um, the ranking system used to go, uh, I think it was like bronze, silver, gold. Um, I think platinum diamond, uh, and then apex predator. And that's mm -hmm. like the top rank. Well, apex predator is being moved forward, still being the top one, 
and they're sliding master between diamond and apex. Um, the interesting thing is if you go from diamond to master, you can never drop back down to diamond. But if you go from master to apex predator, which only houses the top 500 players on the platform, mm-hmm. you can be kicked back down to master rank if someone has more uh, higher um, rank than you are. Um, so it's pretty crazy uh, getting up to that apex, and you have to like maintain that position. Um, on top of that, they've announced a uh, new bolt-action sniper rifle that's going to be coming in that new season. They're going to be doing something to the map, which is going to be uh, crazy, the World's Edge map. And I'm not sure. I think we are getting a new map. Um, so that's also pretty interesting. Uh, of course, coming with a whole slew of new cosmetics and things like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be cool. And it looks like that's going to be going down um, like on the 4th, I think. Um, maybe not all at the exact same time. Um, but you're going to have some of it going down on the 4th. So, nice. pretty good stuff. Um, if you want to check that out, I do recommend uh, you know checking out EA.com. Check out the Apex Legends section. They have the entire Apex Legend uh, dev stream on there, and then a quick rundown um, of the battle pass or the um, season four titled assimilation uh, coming through. So, if you are interested, go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Speaking of something to check out. Something everyone's excited for, I think. Uh, So there is some pretty strong evidence, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. just to be fair, I'm like learning of this basically live. Um, The uh, Bioware and EA may be looking at a remake of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the best video game ever made, period. Period. Dot. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, basically, I mean, it's something that we've heard a lot about for a long time. Um, and there's been rumors you know, several times. Yeah. Right. It's It's been discussed, especially at Bioware Austin. Uh, that's me. Um, so, obviously, you know, they made at the Bioware Republic Austin. MMO. Uh, they've been working on that kind of shit for a long time. Um, they put together a prototype a few years ago, but it wasn't greenlit. And, obviously, they were nice. uh, helping a lot with Anthem. Um, Bring but Anthem now that, right over here. Uh, correct. Um, so Lucasfilm, we know, is working on a Nice Old Republic style movie. Mm-hmm. Um, two sources have confirmed that a Nice Old Republic sequel, or in other words, uh, they've said it's more of a reimagining than a remake, is being worked on. It's not the only Star Wars game under development. Respawn is, of course, working on a Fallen Order sequel, and there is post Rise of the Skywalker video game codenamed Project Luminous. I can't imagine that being good. Um, (laughs) The uh, Jedi Knight games got a Switch port. So, like, Disney, very strangely, has been, like, really heavily reinvesting in the Star Wars video games, basically. Um, So, that's interesting, because I thought Project Luminous was meant to be the next movie project that was set in the Old Republic, but apparently that's the game. So, that's kind of interesting, because I've been actually talking about that a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of strange. Um, obviously, Knights of the Old Republic originally came out in 2003. Um, it was held up as one of the best traditional RPGs from Bioware right after Baldur's Gate. 
fans loved the project so much they tried to do their own KOTOR remake until getting a cease and desist. Um, it seems kind of staggering that it's taken this long to return, especially with a series of some pretty, I mean, honestly, painful years from Bioware, right? Yes, uh, again, like, this is coming from me, like, Bioware stand number one on Twitter, right? Like, um, it's just been, like, they've had a rough couple releases. And whether or not, you know, I don't know how those did monetarily, but critically, um, just really fucking roasted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, a remake. I mean, this is something that, you know, as EA is making these new Star Wars games, they're having to be careful because it's canonical mm-hmm. to the Disney continuity, obviously. Um, and that's something that I kind of wanted to mention and talk about. Like, the one of the rumors going is they not only want to remake Knights of the Old Republic, but they want to kind of merge it with Knights of the Old Republic 2 so they can yes. blend in their own, you know, canonical version of this world. Um, bringing also, the obviously, that they want, um, you know, into the universe. Yeah, without spoiling anything, because I still think one of the best twists of all time, basically. Yeah. Um, amazing story all the way through. I mean, even if it's really phenomenal how they were able to get the story to work in so many ways. Like, um, just the way that, like, certain relationships play out, regardless of how you play your character. Like, they're interesting in every different way. Um, also, this is really good in that, since it was one game, and they didn't have to worry about, you know, you know, like, three or four sequels, they did not have to do the Mass Effect thing where it was like, okay, we have to shove all of these into one of three endings somehow. Yeah. You know? Um, like, they had they had one game, and they were able to fit all of the story changes into this one conclusion, right? And then the sequel, um, it's a different character, it's a different story, so they didn't have to no, reference so every single thing that happened in the previous one. So, um, it, it could be really cool. They're going to obviously have to do something different, because it's not like they can... Uh, go back and delete the twist out of my brain, right? Like, right. So obviously not going to do exactly the same thing. I mean, but, I wouldn't uh, mind that. I think the it's thing... It's doable. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, because people did play this. It's been a long time. Some people... 2003. Straight up... Yeah. Some people, I imagine, have just straight up forgot on what happened. They, they, were, they would sit down and play this game, and they didn't play it to the you know extent that you know some of us did. Um, oh, yeah. But the twist isn't going to be deleted for, for us, but for them it would feel... New. Still pretty new. Um, us seeing it, it would still feel kind of new. It's kind of like, we know Star Wars, but, you know, what happened at the end of, like, even their newest game. Still, I was caught off guard. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, Yeah, I thought Fallen Order, like, obviously I was a bigger fan of Fallen Order than some people, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I really am, like, super excited for the next one, because it was such a good framework and you can see it's it's so clear to see what the what the fixes are yeah like it's not like something just didn't work and they have no idea how to fix it it's like it's glaring. here's the just game put more time here's that. exactly here's the positive here's the negatives just fix it and yeah. it's like totally doable yeah and the so, next game present can present itself to be amazing um right. but in this i think the one thing that they need to do is um really really work on that combat yep 
That's the biggest thing that's going to hold any... That's going to be the biggest challenge that they have for the Old Republic remake. What are they going to do? Are they going to continue with that the, uh, turn-based style? Or are they going to cut right. back and they're going to go to like an action? More action. Um, like I don't think more action is the right way to go. I do really like the Final Fantasy XII where it is action-based. You can set it to live and the things that you're picking, you're picking on the fly, you know, action now, style. But yeah, I also I, like it where it pauses. Gives you that second. Yeah. The, the pausability, like being able to to pause and unpause live is really big. Because you can just like, you can be like, okay, so this guy's got an energy shield up. So I don't want to use my blasters. So I'm going to, you know, do X, Y, Z to get around that. And then I'm going to, you know, hit him, hit him with an ion blast. And then I'm going to, you know, do whatever. And it's like the ability to kind of alter that on the fly. But then also you don't have to be tactical if you don't want to. Like, you know, you don't have to put 30 minutes into every single move because you can just kind of look at it and be like okay i'm just gonna let combat play out a little bit because i totally have this yeah yeah um so it's they're it's insanely good at that and if you guys have no idea this game is a it it was a um turn-based style where kind of turn-based it's kind of like an action turn-based i guess i mean yeah you walk into combat um, and you make your move. It takes your character X amount of time to complete the move. And if your enemy can, you know, get a move in there while you're doing it, it doesn't really interrupt you. It might stop you for a second, and then right. you know you get back to what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's um, you know pretty much what you think of when you think of Final Fantasy XII. Um, they're very similar, I think. Uh, right. But I, right. I, it's um, I could see them updating that somehow. You know, doing going more action route or uh, something like that. It might not be bad, but uh, I'm just excited. Hopefully, for these guys who are working on it to learn from, you know, learn from the past to pick apart Knights of the Old Republic. What made it great? Okay, cool. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to be working on. Exactly, and I think doing a victory lap sort of for. For Bioware, after having a, a string of kind of failures, I would say, uh, yeah, I would say certainly Trying two years. two failures in one like that was a victory, but only by default. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, uh, you know, I, I think it'd be really good for them to be able to be like, okay, shit has not been working for some reason, and we don't know why. Right. Let's go back to the stuff that did work. Take a hard look at it, especially if they're doing a remake. That, that's really getting into the guts, right? And being able to put out something like that and saying, here's what worked, and let's do that again and see if it still works. And if it still works, be like, oh, we can just continue doing what we did before. We don't have to do all this new shit every day, right? Yeah. Um, so that's uh, I, I think that could be really good. Yeah, we'll have to see, of course. Um, and they have other things that they're working on right now, Bioware. Um, we know... That they're um, Dragon Age Four doing Dragon Age Four that a lot right. of people are really excited for. Um, some other things that are in the works that's not necessarily them. We know um, this Project Luminous video game. That yeah, I'm recorded. looking at the details on that right now. It's very interesting. It's a we know it's a Star Wars game. We don't know what it is, where it falls, what you know, what happens with this. Is this the thing that comes after the Fallen Order. Is this something different? Is this can this be the remake? Is that just what they're calling the remake? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the you know the picture that we got. Project Luminous has this year's you know year on it. So 
Are we going to see this at E3? Are we going to see it at um, the D23? I mean, where, where's, where's this coming in? Yeah, where's the reveal? Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of options. We'll hear, of course, more about this, um, you know, a- as we move forward. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some solid uh, feedback saying that, hey, this Knights of the Old Republic full remake, uh, remake reimagining is real. Um, right. So that would be good. Um, one of the other things that we wanted to bring up was um, <laughs> these modders that modded a uh, full new restored, I think it was Knights of the Old Republic 2. Um, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic 2, um, basically what happened <laughs> was uh, Obsidian ran out of time. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, they were, you know, it was this was one of the things where this used to happen a lot, where Obsidian would get, um, they would get, like, the engine and shit handed off from other studios and they would make sequels. So, because they were like, they were really good at storytelling. They were good at working with other people's stuff. So, you know, it would get kind of like passed off to them and they would use the old engine, the old everything. I mean, they did that with like Fallout New Vegas uh, to an extremely high success level, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, with Knights of the Republic 2, they basically ran out of time at a certain point and they weren't able to do the ending that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But that ending was still in the code. It just wasn't implemented. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there were obviously like big bugs with it and shit. So modders were able to dig that out and, um, you know, ended up being able to uh, create what was called the uh, restored content mod, which is basically... Um, it's all that. They added in content. the... Yeah, they added in the uh, intentional what was meant to be the ending mm-hmm. and they were able to add in a couple little extra things here and there like an extra force power or something you know like little details like that extra equipment that didn't make it in and then they just did a little general uh like slight overhauls like they fixed up the graphics here and there um stuff like that so some cool stuff i mean i really like that you know that's going on that's like modding for the benefit of the game yeah um and hopefully that kind of stuff lands these people a job because that's that's some work yeah let me uh let me see oh my god how the fuck am i gonna find this his name is zbigniew stanowicz yep yeah it is all right let's see if i can find this some butch um wow he's on the uh polish wikipedia oh that cannot possibly be right with that uh a polish actor from the 1930s ah sounds right no that's him it's definitely him um modder nope that's the only thing he's known for so i don't know what he went on to do but possibly nothing yeah that's cool too i guess um but just some cool stuff if you are interested in getting into this um you know definitely move forward with grabbing like the restorative mod uh, yeah for sure you know, I've, been, I've been playing with that stuff. yeah it's yeah. it's um it's gonna enhance your uh experience and i'm pretty sure there's some um graphical packs as well and things like that um so yeah i'd go forward with that for sure all right i think the next one was your article i don't know too much about that one yeah this is funny so um Basically, there was this uh, Pennsylvania man who was a RuneScape streamer. Uh-huh. 
Um, he basically said he had a uh, two thousand hours streamed of this game, and then the mods of RuneScape just muted and banned him for no reason. So he's basically saying that that violated his freedom of speech and uh, that shit did not fly. So you can be banned from any video game for any reason and you are a dumbass. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> the end of the story here. I mean, I, I get his point. He's like, look, I'm a loyal person and I put in all this time. Yeah, so what? I, you know, I had yeah. like some mods or whatever, but um, you can just ask people to delete them. You don't have to ban hammer the shit out of them. Um, yep. But they have the right to ban Amber the shit out of you. So yeah. here we are. Apparently this guy's like very litigious. Um, he's made 15 federal district court lawsuits in the past five years. And in this case, he was saying that they discriminated against him in a public space. Uh, they blocked his free speech and they did not follow due process laws. Which again, uh, all of that's based on the government. Yeah. <laughs> so... A private business can and absolutely will, um, like do they what they want basically do whatever they want to game. do like, in their own it, fucking place. Yeah, like it's like I hi, don't know, we it's, created this space. You're welcome. Get the fuck out. Yeah. So yeah, I don't like. It's fine. You're like get deleted. <laughs> like total waste of time and money. What an idiot. Okay. Well, let's not waste any more time on that. All right, so an interesting one. Uh, Ninja Theory announced something called Project Mara. Um, they announced yeah. that uh, Project Mara will be a real-world and grounded representation of mental terror. Uh, based on uh, lived experience accounts and in-depth research, their aim is to recreate the horrors of the mind as accurately and realistically as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so there... They're working on Bleeding Edge right now, um, yeah. which is interesting. And as well, they have uh, Hellblade 2, correct? Yeah. Um, Damn. Senua's... Saga. Saga, yes. Damn. So they have a lot Pretty going exciting. on. Um, they have this little trailer for it that they're really going to make me put in some oh, God. credentials for. Yeah, God forbid I'm able to. Yeah, like, watch a video. Watch Excuse a me. trailer. Um, but yeah, yeah. I remember I watched a little. Nineteen oh three. Yeah, sorry. they talk a little bit about it, and I think after that they, you know, they talk a little bit about what they're doing um, at Ninja Theory, and then they start to get into some of their trailers. And one of their trailers was, of course, Hellblade. Um, and then where is the? Right after this. Here we go. Um, and, you know, it just starts off with some real-life shots. This is camera work. This is not, mm -hmm. um, like, 3D. And yeah, a lot of it's one-point perspective. Yep. And then it shows, like, some, uh, you know, like, so, some different things. Uh, like, medical. It shows some textbook stuff. Um and then there's like one spot there at the end where it looks like it almost looks like um, Samuel. Yeah, it kind of does. It's probably that same actress. Yeah. Who and, didn't she used to be like a community manager or something? Yeah, I think she was. Or like an artist on the team. 
Yeah, I think she might have been like the community manager. Yeah. And they have a spot where it just shows her mouth. She has a very specific mouth. And I think it happens because of the way that the character is interpreted through their like mocapping. Yes. Um, where you can see like a lot of her teeth. Mm. Uh, and she either the, got a big mouth with small teeth or something along those lines. In the background, you see something. I, I can't get what that is. Like, I, I tried to stop on it here. Um, but, yeah, it's just not working out. And you just showed off that little piece. Then they talked a little bit more about what they're doing and what you know what's coming up. Um, you can check that out. I, I, we're watching this over on news.xbox.com. Um, but you can just look up Project Mara and find what you're looking for. But I thought I'd get that one on everyone's radar because pretty cool. it, it, it's pretty cool. They're doing some, they're doing a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting things, and a lot of them tie back to having some sort of, um, you know, like you have like some sort of like mental, uh, like either, like. Yeah, like it's depression. Not, yeah, it, it's attacking uh, like, something uh, mental schizophrenia. rather yeah. than physical. And we've always been heavily uh, combative against like the physical things. Defend yourself. Get a get mm-hmm. a weapon and defend yourself. And then this one's right. more like how do you um, like in, in this game specifically? How do you overcome a mental terror? Right, and that which is really I mean like in a lot of ways this is like. Hey, we did like a shit ton of investment in like mental health and whatnot, so like let's stick to that <laughs> and like let's make let's get as much out of it as we can, basically. Like super from a business perspective, super intelligent. They're gonna have three games at least out of doing one block of research, right? Yeah. Like this is when somebody gets really interested in a topic and then they write like four different books about it. <laughs> yeah. And then not only that, they're like, hey, I still like doing cool shit on the side. Because Bleeding Edge looks like it's going to be pretty fun. Um, right, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what is going on with Bleeding Edge. Like, doesn't really look like it's my thing, just because of the type of game that it is. But yeah, um, it looks fun. Like, at the very least, it looks like it's doing something interesting, and it looks like it's a lot of fun. So, For sure. All right. All right. Uh, so, scooting on. So, got some more business side stuff going on. Um, it's always fun. Very interesting, something that is kind of like a wait and see type thing. Like, um, obviously, I have to say what it is first. Uh, Tencent wants to go ahead and get full ownership of uh, the developer Funcom, which, of course, uh, most recently made Conan Exiles. Yeah. Um, um, Conan Exiles, if you guys didn't check it out, it is kind of like that survival MMO. Um, mm-hmm. You build your, you know, you start from nothing, you know, you get like a rock and a stick and you make an axe and you use that axe to chop down the tree which gives you wood and you know you continue on like that um of yeah. course you get weapons to you know harvest they just added mounted combat to that mounts yeah. in general back still in, adding stuff back in my day we had to walk um Damn. and that was a long walk through a fucking desert but now you can ride a horse yeah, I bet. um they're also really cool. working on an upcoming open world dune game yeah, that sounds that amazing. Sounds fucking rad. Uh, the fact that they're not going for multiplayer or anything on that is, like, really promising to me. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of fall for that with, like... Uh, like, Lord of the Rings was a great example of, like... Oh, like, this is such an amazing world, and there's so much, like, backstory, and there's so much history here. Like, wouldn't it be amazing to, um, you know, just be a fisherman that lives in this village? And it's like... And who no. doesn't like to wear <laughs> pants and wears a boot on his head? 
Uh, Vermin Supreme is what You we're tell me right Vermin here. Supreme doesn't look like a fisherman. He owns a boat he's, somewhere. He, he definitely owns a boat. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's like, I really like when it's like, you know, the, the core of Lord of the Rings is that, like, there's this one interesting thing going on and pretty much the rest of the world's insanely boring. Uh-huh. So, like, I think Dune is definitely doing the same thing. Where it's like, we really need to hunker down and focus on the cool shit. Because it very quickly becomes, like... Uh, really weird and like kind of dumb if you get out into the boondocks on it. Mm-hmm. So I like that it seems like it's gonna just be a Dune Skyrim game. Yeah. Um, and basically, uh, so Tencent already owns twenty nine percent of shares in the company uh, at Funcom. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is, I mean, that's pretty big, and it that's not the only yeah. piece. They're also um, pretty open. They're really excited to have the, even just the negotiation. Funcom. Yeah, the current uh, CEO of Funcom, uh, Rui Kessais, is he's like, yeah, I think it'd be dope for Tencent to take over. They're our largest shareholder so far. We have a We're great excited about this opportunity. We have a great relationship. Um, and basically, Funcom is trying to do a type of thing where basically they're taking the company from publicly traded to private. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they're doing is they're just offering to uh, sort of what Vivendi was trying to do to Ubisoft. They're offering to just buy up everybody's shares at, at price, right? Mm-hmm. So they just want to fully take over. And the difference then would be that Funcom only has to pitch to Tencent rather than having to pitch to all of their investors, right? Right. Um, so obviously uh, Tencent already owns parts of, you know, they own, I think they completely own Riot Games. They own parts of Epic. They own a part of Ubisoft and many more. Uh, they're huge in the Chinese game industry, obviously, and really in, you know, South Korea, um, Vietnam, and the whole area. Yeah, I mean, looking at that, I mean, there was some confusion, I think, about what these guys own. They do mm. own, of course, all of, um, what is that company that makes, like, Clash of Clans and stuff like that. Oh, Supercell? Supercell? Yeah. yeah, they do own all of Supercell. And, you know, some of the people, even on Facebook... Uh, we're saying, oh man, a mobile cash grab game studio. And they're like, damn, that sucks. And it's like, hold on, hold on. They Does don't it? just own that. that. That's just, that's part of the bread and butter that they own. And, and I mean, it's not even talking about like, video games. Like, they own technology, yeah. like big technology. A lot of shit. A lot but of shit. They own all of Riot games. They own um, a pretty big stake in Epic, um, minority shareholders in uh, Ubisoft and Activision. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is not their first rodeo at all. And they're actually a powerhouse, as we were saying. So it's not just like this mobile company, you know, getting in there. And it's not even like they're really um, going to get in there and, you know, get their hands dirty. They just want to own this. So they're making profit off of something that someone's doing that's already cool. Yeah. And obviously, so, their, uh, you know, relationship's good. So they're not getting in there. Um, even as a majority shareholder and fucking around with the guys that are making, you know, that made uh, Conan Exiles and making the upcoming open world Dune. Yeah. 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 I imagine things will stay the same. It's just you're going to have a few things uh, change behind the scenes. Right. Um, And it's, you know, you're you're answering to a new, like, production level, like a new producer... Uh, that is, it has the interest of Tencent in mind, right? You're mm-hmm. answering to a different board of directors or whatever. But like, um, 
you know, basically the point is kind of like having like a Netflix or like a Disney or somebody on your side, like that size, mm-hmm. is that they can just dump funding. Yeah. Like, you know, they're making their money on Supercell and like, you know, League of Legends and shit like that. They can just turn around and mad invest in shit that they believe in. Yeah. And if they. So, that sounds fucking cool to me. Being someone who played a lot of Conan Exile, that game has a lot to offer for people who are interested in that open survival. It has a Mm. lot of room to grow, of course. And it sounds like they're still doing that. And it's interesting that they're doing that with Conan. Not mm-hmm. something I'm a, in, like completely interested in. Yeah, but I was interested enough to play that for a, a lot of hours. So it says something, I think. Yeah, I'm Getting super into it. Who are not even interested? All right. Um, so we'll see where that goes. We'll see. Um, I, I imagine it's going to be like a clean accusation. I don't think there's going to be much. It's just going to be some financial like. Here we go. Time to move on. Yeah. Let's. I mean, let's basically, it's. Uh, I mean, I think the Vivendi Ubisoft example is a really good one to reference. Mm-hmm. In that Ubisoft, you know, especially the the uh, Gam Gamont. I don't know how to pronounce Gamont? French shit. I hate French people. Jesus how to pronounce Christ. all that stuff is Sorry like again, insanely Canada. difficult. I hate Romance languages. Um. Maybe, I, I, that well, said, I'm okay with Spanish. Is Spanish Italian is stupid. Uh, Spanish is like. I'm the best think, one like, because it was like really off on the like fringes. I don't hear any of them as romance languages except French, and that's because French, they well, say it's we based on wrong. what that it's based on what it comes from, not that it makes you horny. Oh, okay. Uh, I forget what uh, Roman. Uh, so all the Latin, one? all the Latin descended languages. So France, uh, uh, French, Italian, um, whatever bastardized bullshit they speak in uh, Belgium. <laughs> like uh, Swiss, which they obviously speak like French and Italian and German a little bit. So like, um, I mean, obviously I hate English because it's just a conglomeration of all the other languages, but with worse rules. So it's not like I have a particular hatred toward anyone. I hate them all equally, but France is like French is really easy to dunk on because I just have no concept of how to pronounce it. Yeah. Like Spanish makes sense for the most part. German makes a ton of sense. Like, the Germanic languages are so easy to figure out. It's just exactly what's written. In, Fran- in like French, you'll have a word that's like... It's like nine vowels and ends with an S, and it's pronounced twa. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are there so many, like, ass- I hate their like dumb a, language. Like, a, like apostrophes. What, what are we doing here? There's a lot of apostrophes. I like apostrophes. As they, being they, somebody yeah. that's big into, like, sci-fi fantasy and stuff. Like, they, they do ov- a little overkill, though. I'm very comfortable with apostrophes. But, they yeah, they'll put, put like, a, three in the same word. They even put a, an apostrophe on the top of their, like, country's hat. You know what I mean? It's, like, right in it's there. true. It sticks up just it's a true. little bit. They look like an apple. It's fine. That's why they got, yeah, the, the like, beret with the little <laughs> fucking apostrophe sticking out. <laughs> There's no love here. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> okay, okay. I will destroy Settle France down. one way or another. Good God. Okay, somebody block Ian. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> finally, actually, perfect uh, timing to join in because we're going to get to our last news story, which is something that I think me and Ian are going to be big fans of. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tabletop role-playing version of, of course, Arcane Studios' amazing, but I would say underappreciated uh, Dishonored series. Whale punk role-playing world. I You'll love have that a, it's called whale punk. Whale Punk. It's that's, also been. Uh, there's some really good names up. Let me think of. Um, Whale Punk is a good one. Diesel. Uh, not Diesel Punk. That's like Mad Max. Yeah. 
Wow. Uh, it's like grime punk, something like that. That's a type of music, I think. No, it's grindcore. Grindcore. Yeah. I'm having a complete mental breakdown over here. <laughs> uh, so there's going to be a 300-page hardback book that's coming with custom 20-sided die. Uh, players take on the role of a pre-made character or create an original character in the Empire of the Isles. Um, this expansive world is filled in the squalid but beautiful quasi-Victorian setting of Arcane's fantastical stealth adventure games Dishonored and Dishonored 2, as well as the various DLCs. This is coming from Modiphius, um, which is, I believe they're... Fun to say. Uh, fun to say. It's Those are the guys that are making the um, like Vampire Masquerade books. Okay. Uh, I want to be very particular when I say books. <laughs> they're not involved in the other a lot of the other stuff. They did like a text-based game too, I think. I do, but they usually work working, with um, working on the new game. Excuse me. I found out. I have a friend. Okay, I'm going to take a quick trip. Um, that could be a good interview. And uh, basically, they're saying um, we're designing the game to be really accessible um, to people that have not played tabletop before, because this is obviously kind of coming to it from a weird direction, um, because. It's a stealth game. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they're owned by Paradox. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, uh, Modifius got purchased by Paradox. Purchased by Paradox. Mm-hmm. A lot of hard uh, consonants in there. So like my it. question is, can I roll? Can I properly roll my way out of doing nothing and just escaping at the end? You can quite literally roll. Like your character just physically barrel rolls out of the level never seen by anyone. Was that Powerful guy stuff. just rolling through the world? No, no, uh, that wasn't. No. Did you hear like a no? <laughs> what the hell is that so noise? Cool, uh, I think that's <laughs> Carl. He had some really bad horn <laughs> chowder the other night. This is. I'm gonna play this exactly the same way I play Dark Souls, which is just constantly rolling. <laughs> same way I play Diablo three on console. Just rolling, baby. Rolling, yeah. rolling, rolling. Name my character Tumbleweed. That's so uh, that's pretty good. We should. It's, should it's, thank you, <laughs> folks. Be here all week. Uh, so that is coming out uh, sometime during the summer. Something I'm really interested in. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they don't have a link here in the article to the purchase page. Might not be up yet, but uh, no, it yeah, it's coming out like f- typical four. forty bucks, um, as you'd expect for you know something of this quality. I mean, really, you're paying for the artwork, right? Um, yeah, that three hundred page hardback, though. I mean, three hundred page. I mean, that's that's pretty big. Uh, so, something else I was thinking about talking about in the beginning, and I ended up not, just because it, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a... So, the Star Wars role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow, I don't know what kind of fucking planet we live on, but uh, Wizards of the Coast went ahead and let their Star Wars license expire. Oh, my God. In, like, 2012. Like, the worst possible timing, right? Right. And um, immediately... Uh, these sons of bitches turned around and uh, Fantasy Flight Games picked it up. So they've been releasing like the Star Wars Armada where you have like the little ship miniatures, miniatures. and you like do a yeah. space battle. Um, they have like a ground combat version of that where you have like troopers and shit. So Fantasy Flight has just been like absolutely shitting out like Star Wars products. Uh, one of the things they made was the new Star Wars role playing game, which is kind of interesting because it's from a company that very traditionally does like miniature like war games mm-hmm. so not a not really the direction you would expect somebody to be making a tabletop role playing game in right right and they did a very like this is a company that knows how to make money on like pieces and parts 
Um, so they actually made the Star Wars role-playing game in three pieces. And these are not pieces as in Player's Handbook, Monster Manual, Dungeon Master's Guide. Mm-hmm. There are three separate books that each one has a different selection of alien species you can play as, classes, and enemies and equipment and shit. Each one's a complete different branch of the game. And they're all in different settings. So I really dislike that, like, to a uh, unimaginable level. <laughs> like, I was pissed to buy one of these books. Like, um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go illegally download a bunch of, like, Wizards of the Coast Star Wars stuff, because this is just annoying the fuck out of me. Jesus. But their dice system is really interesting. Like, they have a totally new way of doing it. They don't use a D20 at all. They don't use numbers. Um, it's, like, special symbols that mean different things. I'm still kind of learning that, but it's, like, a fail-forward type of game. Um, you get like you count up successes and failures and then determine what happens it's like leans very heavily on storytelling each one of these three books that includes um, you know player creation how to game master uh, custom rules uh, equipment uh, each of like these books should be standalone for their little segment of the game that they cover each one is like 450 pages these things are fucking massive because they have to completely re-explain how dice work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ian, so there's like a... Uh, Ian in the chat said that their uh, skill trees are really cool. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff they do is really cool, and I really like seeing a new company's take on something. So, yeah. I, like, I'm super excited to hear about Modiphius's Dishonored. Because, you know, the way the D20 system works is really good with, like... You can just slot anything into it, and it all works because, you know, the stats have all been decided, right? So, I, I like checking out new stuff. I really liked Apocalypse World. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, I I have looked at... I haven't played, but I've looked into the uh, Vampire Masquerade stuff in the past and, like, Mage and uh, Werewolf or whatever other ones. Yeah, I, um, I do think now that we're getting kind of settled down, we need to get back to our... Correct. Yeah, and after, after that, if we don't, like, heavily continue on in that world or if we want to take a break from that world... I'd be yeah. super down with it, like a, some sort of Star Wars world. Yeah, so this, I mean, this would definitely be hard to play uh, remotely. But, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, maybe like a... I do have a sci-fi one I want to do that's not Star Wars. Like, just doing like a Star Wars integrated, like, D&D campaign. You know, yeah, those old, those old books are definitely all still there. Right? I yeah. Mean, they're very good. I cannot believe... I mean, Wizards was in, like, a really dark place during, like... The end of 3.5 and the beginning of 4th edition, like, their company was kind of in trouble. Oh, yeah. The dark times. And obviously, before that, uh, you know, they've been in much bigger trouble in the past when, you know, there was, like, the whole... Um, what was the original uh, company that Gygax had that was making... Uh, I can't remember. The original company that later would have the Dungeons & Dragons license bought by Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a whole, like, weird corporate, you know, story. There's, like, a lot of backstabbing. It's really interesting. Uh, obviously, Dave Arneson was like, fuck this, and went to Orlando to help found a game design program. <laughs> there is literally a shrine Legend. to him. Yeah. In, Absolute God. At, at Full Sail University uh, yeah. in, was it, like, building... Uh, yeah, the game building. Building three. Yeah. Yeah. It's right on the corner. So, they, shoot, they shoot WWE NXT. There's a small little, like, side road that has marquee. It's not really even a road, but it looks like a, t- yeah. like a ticket... Um, like a box office thing for a theater and then there's a uh, like a spot where like the gate security guard where he has the arm down and he like you would drive your car up and talk to him and then he would let yeah. you in or tell you to fuck yeah. off 
There's like one of those. It's right across the street from that. It's like upstairs. It's it's pretty yep, big upstairs. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's super cool. It's a really cool lab. It's like very modern in there. Yeah, I did um, did a couple months in there. So yeah, so um, you know, it's that like I, I really like checking out the new styles and everything. So I'm super pumped to get into this. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, on the Modifius website right now, just I'm, I'm like, do I want to get emails about um, it? <laughs> Do I? Well, I, def- I already get emails about it. But okay. do I want to? Do I want to sign up and get? Um, or do I want to go purchase Vampire or something? But they've done a lot. I mean, um, they have a tabletop uh, war game of Elder Scrolls out there. They have an Agatha Christie game, Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, they're working on an official Dune role playing game. Uh, they got Dishonored. They've got Fallout that they're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homeworld. That's interesting. They have a Star Trek one already. Vampire Masquerade, John Carter. That's a skip. Oh, Kung uh, Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Holy shit. that. Son of a bitch. Uh, oh, they do the mutant. Mutant, uh, yeah. Like mutant year zero and shit. So. Wild. That's pretty cool. They have a lot of stuff. So I'm definitely... And they do something that's, again, it's very like story focused, uh, less rules based and more kind of just figuring out what dumb shit you're doing. So. That's cool. cool. Oh, the Fallout one is the, uh, the, the again, Wargaming miniatures. So yeah, I don't know if that really works cool. for that setting, but know. that's fine. Yeah, I do. I do like that though. I do have a ton of yeah. miniatures though, thanks to one of the. I just, I, you know, I just, yeah, I, I just like to see people doing different cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of course, um, we still haven't gotten into our uh, kids on bikes RPG, have we? No, we haven't gotten. It's it's man, it's tough being. Far, There's like, so much shit away. I want to do, and we already, you know, put a chunk of time up to do this. And then it's like, if we do this, and then we also meet Saturday for yeah. four hours. That's our entire weekend that's doesn't exist. the whole weekend. Yeah. And we have, we don't, we barely, yet, we are ordering pizza, basically. Right. Uh, yeah, no it's, actually, I have the, the delivery man has the keys to my house. He just brings it up to me. Yeah, no, he just yeah. comes right up to our bedroom window. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. I'm like, it's around the corner, just knock twice, and uh, <laughs> slide it cleanly onto the window seal. We'll leave it there yep. for a minute to cool. Frisbee uh, it right into my fucking mouth is what I want. No carefully do, around here, please. Don't Dude, if I, if I tried to do that, Shannon would, like, intercept it. <laughs> just take it down like a rabid wolf. Oh, no. Okay, I won't tell anyone. I'm not going to even mention what Ian... Don't tell what. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm, if you want to see that, you're going to have to go... It's archived. On the podcast. It's archived on Facebook. Um, but Yeah, this is called uh, cross-content promotion. Brutal brutal um but that's the end of the show uh thank you guys for hanging out um what do we have coming up next i think we are getting uh things are slowing down a bit you know we're not as busy um next weekend i know you have the game jam um and i'll probably have one coming up here pretty soon as well um i'm kind of following the indianomicon stuff here locally um, and then I'll have one as well. But um, I think there's a few things that we do need to get back to. One of those, uh, of course, being tab- uh, you know our tabletop with uh, our digital dungeons. But uh, the other one being uh, our second show, Story Mode. So if you guys have an idea for what you'd like us to cover next um, for our uh, Story Mode, if you don't know Story Mode, is where we break down the story of a video game uh, series from beginning to end. Um, if you haven't checked it out, we do have, I think it's a six-parter for The Witcher. Um, yeah. So go check that out. You know, some of the things that we have wrote down here, um, we do have, uh, like, 
Bioshock, God of War, Alan Wake, The Last of Us. Um, we usually think it was, this would work really well um, for something that has some older games that people did not play. Uh, right. So The Witcher was an obvious, easy, very yeah. easy choice. Um, also something that, like, is sort of in the modern eye. So, like, our, I think our Witcher really benefited from the Netflix Witcher show. Yeah, yeah. It seemed to get a lot of extra attention. Um, and obviously, like, it's helpful for, you know, you, the listener or whatever, because it's like, oh, like, I'm really into The Witcher 3, but I never played 2 or 1, and I never read the books. So we can kind of get into... Uh, we didn't talk about the books. That would be, like, another, you know, 50, 50 episodes episode, or something. Yeah, that would be a lot. But, uh... Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a bunch of other stuff to kind of get you some more info on it if you're interested. And obviously the Netflix show did really well on its own. So Yeah, one that I think would be really cool moving forward because we are getting whispers about it doing within the next year would be Bioshock. Yeah, Bioshock. Yeah. Uh, Alan Wake is going to have that DLC in control. Yep, that would be a good one. So, so, and Alan Wake I think would be just one episode each because there's really not... It's not a ton. Like, it's, it's not though. a ton of stuff going on. It's all... A lot of stuff is communicated via, um, you know, just within the game itself, like in the gameplay. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's a good way to be able to carry that on. Yeah, for sure. So, um, drop those over on uh, Twitter, at Mammoth Games Inc. Also, so you know when we go live and do stuff just like this. We look forward to hearing from you guys over there uh, as well. Um, if you're listening to this podcast on uh, you know podcast services around the world, uh, you can head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check all the top news and video game stuff over there. We talked about everything here, there first. So, you know, get your piece in. Chat with us on, uh, on the daily and let us know what you're thinking about what's going on in your video game world. Uh, mm. But that, uh, Ken, the end of the show. Um, thank you guys for hanging out for Mammoth Games Inc. I am Night Swarm. And I'm Filtergorg. Have a good one.